there are two tales waiting for you, told one after the other by an odd set of two. So prepare yourself, dear one, because this is Drops of Darkness. I am Stranger, and I tell only fantasies. Whenever your world has a grip on your throat, I am there, waiting to unleash the monsters that sleep in my mind so that they may remind you that you have sharp teeth and claws of your own. The Crown Hotel did not live up to its name. That's not to say it wasn't a nice enough place to stay. It just wasn't the first place you'd think of and you'd imagine a luxury getaway. At least, not anymore. Plush red velvet that hung from every corner. The mahogany that hadn't been properly polished for years, but still somehow reflected each light of the crystal chandelier. All merely hints to what this place used to be when it had a little less of a history. What that history was exactly... Not many, if any, of the current staff knew. They speculated, sure. But all they really knew was that something happened at the Crown Hotel in the 90s, and that the owners had to fight to keep it open for years afterward, only to now have its biggest draw be a free continental breakfast. But that was a long time ago, and the subject was rarely mentioned by anyone other than curious new hires. When, or even if... They noticed that room 206 remained empty, no matter what. Some of the staff who had been there a while would then share their stories about the things they've supposedly heard from that room. Screams, footsteps, singing, and even once, a baby crying. But really, it was just a room and nothing more. Its ever-changing legend fueled occasionally with bored speculation by the overnight staff. In fact, the first time Room 206 had been brought up for months was when it was requested specifically by an incoming and unexpected guest. Yes, 206, confirmed the old woman with a polite smile when she was asked if she was sure that it was that room that she wanted. The woman was beyond old, ancient even, the type of old that was startling to see if you weren't expecting it. As if some part of the human mind knows that at a certain point, the flesh is due back to the earth, and any time beyond that must be borrowed. A clerk with a crooked name tag that read Lisa was behind the desk. She hadn't been there long but knew there was something about a room that was supposedly off-limits. And she was pretty sure it was that one. But how the old woman just stared at her without blinking made her uncomfortable. Her supervisor was on break. Plus, the chapter of her new book had just started to get good. So she shrugged off the half-memory of some rule about one of the second-floor rooms and took the woman's information which wasn't much, and traded her outdated cash for a key stamped with 206. I was born in that room, you know, the old woman told Lisa, who hadn't asked. It was a messy affair, to be sure, but I think there's something so special about seeing where you came from. 
The clerk nodded and wished this conversation had never started and just wanted the woman to stop staring at her like that. Would you like some help to your room? Hoping to nudge the new guest on her way. The old woman accepted the offer, revealing gray teeth and a wide smile. After mouthing an I'm sorry to the bellboy, who was not thrilled that there was actually something for him to do, Lisa went back to her book. Did someone come in? Asked her supervisor when he came back from his break. Yeah, but I checked them in okay, said Lisa, not looking up. Her supervisor, a lanky man, barely older than Lisa, leaned over her shoulder to check the computer screen that was still open. Wait, 206? You just booked 206? He asked. Shit, she thought. Yes, that is what you pay me for, isn't it? Asked Lisa, her cheeks feeling hot. People come in, I take their money, I give them their key, she said, playing dumb and sounding much more confident than she felt. Whatever, I don't get paid enough to worry about it, he said, and with a sigh, he returned the computer screen to home, sat down and pulled out his own book. The old woman was up to her room by now, but Lisa couldn't help but feel like she was still being stared at. And finally, curiosity became the only effective distraction. What's up with 206? What happened? She asked, abandoning her book in her lap. I don't know. Someone died, maybe, he said, waving her off. But people die in hotels all the time. I follow this mortician on Instagram, and they say that it's way more common than people think. You and I have very different types of videos in our feeds, he said, still reading. You know, the lady I checked in, she said she was born in that room. That seemed to get his attention. The scrunched look of mild disgust prompted Lisa to give a detailed description of the woman, and she enjoyed watching his expression sink deeper across his face. Do you think that's what it was? She asked. Mm, As gross as birth and babies are, just as a whole, I highly doubt it's something that would have nearly gotten this dump shut down back in the day. Plus, I might not be that great at math, but based on the description you gave of Miss Walking Dead, I doubt her birthday is in the 90s. Unless it was the 1890s. Lisa snorted. Have you ever looked it up? God, no. This is the most I've heard anyone talk about it, and I have a strict policy about thinking about work, which is that I do it as little as possible. Okay, well, now I have to, she said, pulling out her phone. Um, you're not supposed to have your phone out while working, but you know what? I I don't care, he said. Dude, said Lisa, holding her phone in both hands. Look. Oh, you're going to show me something gross, aren't you, you weirdo? Zooming in on the screen was a short Wikipedia article about the hotel, stating that three of the staff had died in room 206 in what the local police called a ritualistic killing and left one survivor. A baby that was found on the floor by one of the beds, naked, screaming, and covered in blood. See, someone died. I was right, he said, shooing her phone from his face. The bell on the desk rang, and they both jumped from the sudden sharp Excuse me? Said a soft voice from the lobby. Hi, how can I help you? 
The rest of what Lisa was going to say got stuck in her throat when she saw the young woman, barely out of her teens. Could I... could I have some towels sent up to my room? She asked, staring at Lisa, her bright eyes unblinking. She was completely naked, and her long gray hair was slick with red at the ends. It stuck to her bare chest in thick, wet strands. I'm in room 206. Things got a little bit messy up there, she said, sinking a blood-covered finger in her mouth, licking it clean. Then she smiled, and Lisa stared, frozen, as the woman began to climb over the desk. Her gray teeth swirled with red. Hello everyone. In between stories, we like to highlight a cause that is worth our collective attention. For October and Indigenous Peoples Day, we decided to highlight the Native Organizers Alliance. This is a nonprofit dedicated to empowering Indigenous voices and fostering positive change. You can find out more and donate at nativeorganizing.org or from the link on our website at dropsofdarkness.com. Now, back into the shadows we go. I am someone, and I tell only truth. Whenever something slithers through the barrier between worlds, I am there. Not to stop them, but to watch them and remind you of the countless terrors your kind has survived all on their own. My partner and I briefly lived in Georgia while he attended a school for his job. We had a little two-bedroom apartment, and it was terrible. The apartment, the city, the bugs, the weather, all of it. The only solace we had was that it was temporary. But still, six months is a decent little chunk of time to be somewhere you hate. Do I think some of the negative feelings attributed to the events I'm about to tell you? Yes. Is there anything I could have done to prevent them? No. At least, not without doing enough drugs to make me forget that I'd just left my best friend, my family, and everything I've ever known behind. But that was a habit I did not plan on picking up from the locals. The first thing my partner and I noticed was that our two dogs avoided the spare bedroom. We thought it would be nice to set up their beds and toys in there for them, but nothing we did could convince them to spend any time in that room. The next thing we noticed was that no matter what we did, we could never get the hallway door to stay closed. These things on their own aren't necessarily scary or even all that strange, but it didn't end there. We eventually made some friends, thank God. One of them was a guy who was a couple years younger than us that we ended up practically adopting. It was his first time being away from home and eventually he started spending the weekends at our place, crashing on the couch in our living room since we didn't have an extra bed. It was nice. We all felt a little less alone. But then the dog started not only avoiding the spare bedroom, but the hall in general. And then the closet door wasn't just not staying shut, it was beginning to open more and more on its own. One night over dinner, we were chatting about how weird it was that we were finding the closet door open wider and wider each time, 
when our friend chimed in and said he thought it was us opening it at night. When we asked him why, he told us sometimes he wakes up and sees us in the hall at night, and we're always standing by the closet door. Then he said he tried saying our names, but we don't move, so he started sleeping with his back towards the hall. We told him that it wasn't either of us, and his face kind of fell. I think he knew it was something else, but it was easier to just assume what felt safe. That night before bed, we went through the house and firmly stated that any negative presences that were there were not allowed and needed to leave immediately. A few days later, I saw the entity for myself for the first and last time. It was broad daylight and I had just taken my dogs outside to the backyard. While standing and waiting for them to finish up, I felt like I was being watched. I turned around and through the screen door, I could see the silhouette of an impossibly tall figure clear as day against the light coming through the open windows at the front of the house. I stared at it for a solid few seconds until it turned, walked down the hall, and disappeared. I've never been so glad to leave a place. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Drops of Darkness, which is written, voiced, and produced by Anodyne Vaughn and Cameron Helquaik. If you enjoyed your drift into the shadows, help keep the stories alive by sharing the show, leaving a review, and if you really want to earn the favor of these dark storytellers, tether yourself to their world by tapping subscribe. If you have a true paranormal story of your own that you'd like to be read by someone, you can make the offering to submissions at dropsofdarkness.com or through the form on our website. Until next time, dear one, and remember, when the darkness looks your way, hold 